Hi, my name is Lisa Stiles and I'm a professional school counselor. And I have with me this evening is one of the best authors I know, Mr. John Dar. <laughs> and we're here to talk about his new young adult novel, The Protector's Ring, the first in his Jonah Blackstone series. You are human and reaper, together in one being. People won't understand you. They will fear and they will run. But in time, the world will know what you've done for them. In time, you will usher mortals into true freedom. Good evening. My name is Lisa Stiles, and I'm one of the professional school counselors here. I've been working with youth as a counselor and a social worker, um, and part of that experience has been working at the University of Hartford, with, working with high school students and college students, then transferring over here um, to Virginia to work for the school system. And after reading uh, this, this novel, I think it's a great resource for young people. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, I, have, I have a few questions I want to ask you about your, your new so book. So did you like it? I loved it. Okay. I loved it. Tell me a little bit about the title, first of all, and where does that title come from? Wow. Um, originally, I was going to call it Jonah Blackstone and the Protector's Ring, but I decided not to, not to do that. Um, I just decided to go with the magical object that's the center of each of the um, first four books. And so in, in this book, it's the protector's ring because that's where the story really starts. The background story of, of what my main character, Jonah, has to do to save everybody to be the hero. And so the protector's ring, it, like I said, it's, it's a name of a very powerful object. And it's, it's for humans, special humans who can use it, and they are called protectors. And through the course of the book, you find out exactly what that means and what they are. Can you give me, uh, just tell me, what, what's the book all about? Well, The Protector's Ring is about a 12-year-old boy who's just turning 13. And his life takes an unusual turn, a very tragic turn, when his parents are killed. After that, he, he begins to find out interesting things about himself because he's part supernatural. He's part Reaper. And when, and when I tell people that, their first reaction is, is, is a little surprised because of, of what everybody knows about Reapers. And so anyway, his life um, gets turned upside down, and he's sent to live with his aunt and uncle and twin cousins in a small town in Mount Vernon, Georgia. And once he's there, all these things happen to him. He goes through these adventures as he settles into life there, and he gets closer to his cousins and their best friend. And ultimately, he confronts the killer of his parents. And so it's a lot of adventure, um, it's a lot of suspense, there's, a, there's human touches, even though the, the main character is, is part supernatural. How would you classify this book in terms of the, what, what genre? The genre, mm -hmm. um, it is definitely a fantasy book, and it's a YA novel, young adult novel. Um, and it's more um, middle school, high school is definitely not middle grade um, because of some of the 
a little of the violence and, and stuff in there. So it's definitely not middle grade. I, I definitely wouldn't say it's for um, elementary. Um, it's definitely for kids who are middle school and high school. It's that kind of YA fantasy novel. Yeah. I noticed that in the first chapter there was an uh, opening scene of a fight between Jonah Blackstone's parents and one another main character named Dianera, which is a very ethnic name to some extent. Dianera is is that what you were going for with that name or mm, not so much her name mm -hmm. Dianera and I have to be that one actually might have a. Greek or Latin okay, derivation. Okay. I have to I have to go back and check, but it means bringer of chaos. Bringer of chaos. And so <laughs> okay, okay. And and I toyed around with other names mm -hmm. for her, but it was just exotic enough. But the meaning behind it, and who she is as um, she's a reaper. She's not a fallen one like his father. Right. She's actually a reaper, and reapers can cross over there are certain ways that they can cross over to the mortal world so that mortals can see mm -hmm. them mm -hmm. and so that's what's happening in this first chapter but she's not a fallen one she is still a reaper okay. Jonah's father is a fallen one okay. and so you get a little bit of their backstory and, and in the fact that they've known each other for a, a long time so not so much her name I just like the sound of it and the okay. meaning of that and, mm -hmm. and, and people who've um, when I've workshopped the book people have always said that they they love her name it's, it's, it's a <laughs> wonderful name it really is it, it really thank you yeah. I love the, the, the choice I also noticed throughout the book there's a term and it actually starts in the beginning of the book mm -hmm. where Isaiah who's Jonah's dad mm -hmm. and he shouts out this this word and mm -hmm. it's called Sokoto can you tell me a little bit about that word and, and the significance of that word throughout the book? One of the things that I wanted to do, not only in, in, in um, addressing the whole diversity issue, mm -hmm. but also, as you alluded to, bringing in some of the ethnic and or African consciousness mm -hmm. to it. And so one of the things that I've always noticed, and even in the books that I love, and there are several authors whose books I love, I always notice that the characters, particularly if they are non-minority characters, which again, as a recent study showed for YA literature, is like 90%, they are characters, but who they are reinforces certain cultural identities. They might have an Irish heritage, or they might have an English heritage, or they might have a coal miner heritage. It's some kind of heritage that is rooted in the dominant culture. Mm -hmm. And so one of those things is Latin and Greek derivation for words. Mm -hmm. they, they harken back to what the Western world sees as their roots, which is Greece mm -hmm. and Rome and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And so again, like in Harry Potter, you get all these, these Latin derivation of words and stuff like that. So what I wanted to do to bring out the diversity and, and to make it a little different and also to, to talk, like I said, about the African, a little bit of African presence in there was to come up with different words that mean the same thing, they're just in different languages. Wonderful. And so Sokotu, which is a, a evocation for wind, mm. is a Yoruba word. And washi, um, which is the one for fire, is also a Yoruba word. Why do you always have to use a certain type of word or a Latin or Greek word in your spells or your conjurings? Why can't you use other words? There are other languages. There are other cultures. And, and one of the things about Jonah's parents, mm -hmm. as, as you find out, as you found out in, in the book, is they were archaeologists. They traveled the world. They were 
very educated, and Jonah's very smart. Um, I, I specifically wanted a main character who read books, mm. you know, mm. maybe even be called nerd or, or something and like he that. he was. Through, through the book. <laughs> he was actually called a nerd. Yeah. And they traveled the world, I believe, at one point. Um, he talks about a black eagle feather that mm-hmm. his mom had, and it mm-hmm. was from Sierra Leone or something mm-hmm. like that, because they traveled the world. And so Jonah knows these things. And so... Again, you're introducing these different elements. And there are other words. There are some that are Swahili words. Um, there's one is from one of the Bantu languages. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and mm-hmm. So later on throughout the series, these words are introduced, and it's explained why these people use these words. So it's educational in all, all levels. Yeah. Um, so uh, the reader yeah, learns yeah. As, as we go through the journey yeah. with Jonah. Yeah. We learn about the I different. I definitely wanted the educational component, like I said, the, the black eagle feathers, um, they're from a black eagle, which actually exists, but not only does it exist, it's the largest species in the world, mm. even larger than the American bald eagle. Wow. So those are little learning things, and they're all through the chapter. Um, we talk about African concepts, the concept of Sankofa, you mm. know, mm. looking back to learn from the past. That's at the end of the book. Well, not to give anything away, but that's a concept that comes into play by the end of the book. And so there are all of these different elements that are also ethnic that that pertain to the african-american culture Mm. but also to a larger african culture because i I think all of that needs to be there in order for this like i said to be something to fill that niche that missing diversity i didn't want to write a a typical urban character and i wasn't writing a character set in a period piece exactly my Mm -hmm. my character they're almost more like suburban which might not be a lot different from any other culture, but even as suburban, there's still things that's uniquely us. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so I wanted to bring some of those things out. And so you hear that the adults have been to historically black colleges. Mm -hmm. You know, Jonah's Mm -hmm. uncle owns an historically black newspaper Mm -hmm. in the southern city where he Mm -hmm. lives. So there's a lot of history and stuff that's put there. You did a fine job putting all the pieces together Mm -hmm. in terms of Jonah's world, like you said, I mean, he comes from an educated background, and I mean, his parents are educated, he he loves to read. Um, when I first started to read the book, the first thing I noticed was, wow, this is a 12-year-old kid turning 13. It didn't matter that he was a the bookworm, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it was a kid that he, st- he he was focused on what he wanted. He mm-hmm. wanted to learn. He didn't mind being called a nerd, you know, and I thought you did a fine job putting that out there, and that uh, message was very clear. Thank you. I appreciate that because mm-hmm. one of the, um, in, in terms of branding your product, which is a big catchphrase and thing now, and you're looking for these one-sentence phrases that encapsulate it. And one of the things that I was talking about with one of my, um, uh, my friends who were helping me um, put this stuff together was that he's an uncommon hero, you know, nice. but it's an epic journey. Exactly. <laughs> you know, it's a classic well said, epic well journey. Said. I purposely wanted him to be a bookworm. I wanted him to get good grades. I wanted his best friend to be even smarter than he is. Mm-hmm. Um, for a reason. In that sense, I am consciously sending a message, but hopefully to young African-Americans who would read this right alongside of reading Hunger Games or any of these others or the Percy mm-hmm. Jacksons or whatever, that they will see somebody to look like them, but they would also see somebody, you know, um, one um, principal said one time that, you know, being smart is cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Right, I love it. <laughs> and so I, right. I would like them to say, think that, and, oh, by the way, you can save the world. 
That's right. And Jonah shows it. <laughs> so, so you're right. I mean, it, it, and the book is for everybody. I mean, yeah. it's, it, yeah. it definitely shows African-Americans in a different light, yeah. in, a, in a more positive light. But also, if you're non-African-American, mm-hmm. you would enjoy the book as well. Because yeah. there's so many pieces. To, I mean, you're looking at, you know this is an African-American mm-hmm. character. But mm-hmm. at the same time, you're looking at all the excitement and all the mm-hmm. mystery mm-hmm. That, that comes out of the book, yeah. which which is for anybody. And, and, and I appreciate that. And, well. and, that's, and that's what I wanted. I appreciate mm-hmm. that because I do. The, the book isn't about him, his, his, his being African-American. Mm-hmm. The book isn't about some of the other identity things that, that come out later. And like I said, you probably have questions about. The book is about the journey, the epic story. That's what it's about. And, and you're right. I've had um, friends who... Caucasian or whatever, and they've read it and they've had no problems loving the books and following along. So you're right, and I, and I appreciate you pointing mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. As an older reader, as I am, one <laughs> of them, um, I, like I said earlier, I love the book, but how would you market for, to people my age? There is a large adult readership, either because they grew up reading YA novels or because they find YA novels interesting. Um, like I said, again, if you look at the Harry Potter books, there were almost as many adult readers of those books as there were um, young people. And, and it's interesting. Um, they did it different in the U.K., if I'm not mistaken. They actually had two different covers for the books. And they had one that was really colorful and things like that, and it was geared towards the young readers. And then they had the much more serious covers for the adults. And they had the books placed in different parts of the stores, if I'm not mistaken. Um, in the U.S., they did not do that, so they had the, the famous co- co- covers that everybody know and remember. But what you could do, you could slide up the cover off. And I think many of the adults who would walk around with the books like me when they came out, uh, you would see other adults with the books, and you can tell what book it was. Uh, you see them reading it on the subway or the metro. And they've slipped the cover off. <laughs> so, but but it's really funny if you ever go back to find those books, you have to go to the juvenile fiction section or, or things like that, and it's a very awkward way for you to go in the library and get it if you ever wanted to go back and check it out. It was easier when it first came out in the stores because they would have it in their own display mm-hmm. cases. But there are outlets there. Um, for me personally, um, you know, you go to conventions and things like that, and so you'll run a across a lot of adults who not only write YA literature but also like to read it and a lot of fans. So that's that's one way where you can generate a, um, a critical fan base in the older adults. Oh, well, thank you because, mm-hmm. again, it's I, I truly enjoyed it and I thought about that and who and how I would mm-hmm. access the book. Yeah, so that's and, and, and I also think just simply because some of the, the material in the book, and, and I know you probably have questions about that later, but you as a professional, um, if you were going to recommend the book to some of your students, and that would be a way for you as an adult to come across the book. And thank you for, for adding that in, and I'm thinking in terms of a school counselor, it would be great if it were a, a book we selected as a book club um, mm-hmm. choice, and we could talk with the students about it and, mm-hmm. and discuss it throughout um, over a semester or class period. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think adults recommend books to other adults. Um, I had never read The Hunger Games when it first came out, but there were adults who, for whatever reason, knew about it. And so at work, 
they tell you, well, have you read this book? And again, with the new online and being able to do e-books, you don't have to go to the store and go into the juvenile section or the YA section. You just go right on you know, Amazon or Barnes & Noble or, or, or iBooks or whatever, and you buy it and you have it on your device and, and nobody knows. And this book would be available through those media? Oh, yes. Um, this book is going to be available in print, um, mm -hmm. paperback, as well as through Amazon and Barnes and & Noble, iBook, um, and probably a, a few other um, smaller outlets online. Um, why did you decide to have Jonah Blackstone's? begin as an adolescent, as 12 turning 13. Why did you start with that age? I know it's a young adult novel, but why uh -huh. not 14, why not? The original story was about his father because in, in my world, all reapers, um, you know, the creatures that, 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 that takes a human soul onto the next level of existence, all of them were human once, and so when they died, they were given afterlife duties because something in their life they didn't complete. So it's almost like an additional time period for them to learn whatever lesson it was. And so, one of the, and so some people, when they die, instead of their soul moving on to a final destination, they're given afterlife duties. And I, I think most people, particularly adults, will recognize this like in um, a show like Dead Like Me, that was the premise behind it all reapers were actually human beings who were given afterlife duties as reapers. But in my book, what happens is that sometimes these humans don't finish whatever it is they needed to finish character-wise and move on themselves. Mm. Sometimes they decide that they don't like this and they want to become human again, and that's called fallen ones or fallen reapers. And so the original story was about his father who becomes a fallen reaper. Mm -hmm. One of the things that an author has to do um, a lot of times is, particularly when you're creating a fantasy world, you have to provide the audience information or the view or the reader's information. And one of the best ways to do that is to have a character who themselves are learning the world. Again, if you look at most of the YA fantasy novels, you have characters like that. Um, like I said, you have the Harry Potter who's learning the magical world because he was out of it. You have the Percy Jackson who finds out that he's Poseidon's son, and so he's learning all these things. If you look at, um, what was the other one? The Twilight, Twilight series. series. She was introduced to everything, right. mm -hmm. you know? And so that's a way for, particularly in the second book, when you get the whole mythology about werewolves and where they come from. Mm -hmm. I mean, as she learns, you learn. And so I realized that his father knew all this stuff, and so one of the reasons why I decided to focus on the son is because the son, in the classic sense of the word, can be outside of this supernatural world, and so as he's introduced to it, so are the readers. Thank you for that. that. That's very helpful to mm -hmm. understand why you started at 8, 13, mm -hmm. 12, going into 13. And it is truly a book for young adults and a, and a good discussion mm -hmm. tool um, to talk about things like tolerance, to talk about things like bullying, um, the things that and issues that teens deal with and go through in life. So it's a great tool, um, and I highly recommend it. Throughout the book, you had references to local, um, local areas like the Arlington uh, Central Library. You, you mentioned that he's from Fairfax, Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, why, why was it important for you to, to keep it at home, so, so to speak? I mean, well, for one thing, I wanted there to be a level of reality to it in, in some sense. And, and you talked about genre. Mm -hmm. I think this would also fall under possibly 
urban fantasy. There is one school of thought that urban fantasy has to be dark and, and, and things like that, but there's another school that's a wider definition of it, and it's anything that's set in basically in the modern world, but then you have all these fantastical elements. Mm. And so for me, that was a little bit of the reality. Jonah exists in a real world. And so these real landmarks, well, for me, they helped me to visualize the story. I didn't want to, I had to cut, catch myself. I said I didn't want to create a totally fictional place, but where he goes to, Mount Vernon, Georgia, is a fictitious city. I was going to ask you about that, so <laughs> thank you for bringing that up. I just wanted the familiar landmarks. I wanted them to be accurate, and so it lends a, a, a feeling of realness to it. Um, the Orange Line train he gets on, the real name of the streets that he lives mm-hmm. on. I just wanted that little bit of realness for when he starts out. But when he goes to live with his aunt and uncle in Mount Vernon, the county is real. Mm, And the location in central, south central Georgia is real, but the town isn't. Got it. And so I made that town the county seat of that county, which there's actually a a, a different city or town in, in that county of Georgia that's the real seat. Um, but the town itself is, is, is based on real towns of, of that size in Georgia. I mean, you know, you go down, you do your research, mm-hmm. you put, I mean, you even go down to the fact that there's two bus lines, <laughs> you know, right. and how wide is it square footage wise? What's the population? Mm-hmm. Where did it get its name from? You know, you come up with all of those things. Um, is there a river that goes through it? Because eventually throughout the story, Jonah does travel around that, that, that small town. And the library there in Mount Vernon is based on a real library in my hometown. Okay. <laughs> that leads me into another question. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to, I'm, I'm curious, are there parallels to your life and Jonah Blackstone's life? Everybody, there, everybody always asks you, that you, you, question. You walked into that one just now yeah, with that yeah. statement um, you just made. <laughs> First of all, Jonah Blackstone is not me. Okay. Um, I did not lose my parents. They are both still alive, knock on wood. Um, I have brothers and sisters. I come from a big family. Which he doesn't have. Which he doesn't have. So I've had friends who are only children and and friends who've lost their parents and stuff. You kind of base that reality and emotion on on, on what they did and Mm -hmm. uh, and observing how they handled themselves Mm. in those situations. Me, that wasn't me. (laughs) Um, I would say that the biggest parallel is Jonah does the reverse of what I did. Okay. I am from Georgia, as mm-hmm. I, as I said, mm-hmm. and so I came here to the Washington D.C. metro area. And he went. And so Jonah actually takes the reverse journey. Right, right, okay. So it's a it, re- reverse yeah. parallel. Okay. And if I'm not sure, if I'm not mistaken, I actually think that chapter is called "Journey to a Strange Land" or something like that. That's what it is. Yes, that's what it's called. And so it's different from the more hectic rate place up here. The fact that he can hop on a metro, which mm-hmm. you see him do at the right. beginning of the story, he can get anywhere he want to. He there's a, there's a sense that Jonah's more of a because his parents travel so much. It's more of a feel that Jonah does his own thing. He's mm-hmm. he's a responsible enough kid. He does his own thing. But now he's in this new situation with his cousins, mm-hmm. his twin cousins, and his aunt and uncle. And it's like they are taking him in. They've made space for him, and mm-hmm. so it's different. It's different. And so I, I, I really wanted that to come out. And so oddly enough, I, growing up in a, in a big family, there are times when you feel like that you 
can be a loner, but really you aren't. <laughs> I mean, and, and I, mm-hmm. I guess part of what comes out for me is Jonah having to learn to share. He has exactly. to share things. He, okay. He's not the only kid. He doesn't have his own bathroom. He doesn't get all the leftovers he wants. Exactly. You know, he has to share stuff. And, and I even toyed around with Jonah having to sleep on a bunk bed in, 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 in his older cousin's room. But then I eventually I decided against it to give him his own space. But, you know, his uncle had to sacrifice his an office. office. Yeah, so there's, a, there's a lot that they do for him. Mm-hmm. But he has to fit in mm-hmm. and... He has to get used to this, and he's going around with these older cousins who have all these these, these groups of friends, mm-hmm. and they everybody knows who Robert and Land, his twin cousins, right. are. They think he's a brother because he looks just like him. Exactly. And, and exactly. That, that pulls, I mean, mm-hmm. if, I, if you go to my family reunion, it's like, oh, my gosh, they can't deny you. you right, know? right. And you know, <laughs> look like somebody in the family. Oh, yeah. Right. You look like everybody in the family, and... Um, same thing with me, you know, growing up, so many people knew my, I went, I went to the same school, so the teachers knew my brothers and sisters, and it's like, it, it was really hard for you to stake out your own ground. Mm. And so I get, guess a bit of me informs what Jonah has to do, who was his own person. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now he's part of his group, and he's his little cousin, and, and, and he's going around with them, so he's having to stake out his own ground and find his own group of friends or his own core group which he which he does so I think some of that comes from my own experience okay Okay. just a little bit of adjusting that he has to do (laughs) and there's some similarities there although you said Jonah's not you it's not not you but there's some pieces there that kind of I think all characters are, are, are a piece of the author who writes them because mm-hmm. you're going to write them a certain way. You're going to have your own certain style. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, every character you write is a, a piece of you. But Jonah's not me. Mm-hmm. And these characters are so real that they speak on their own. Mm-hmm. All I got to do is put them in the situation and they pretty much do what they're going to do. They're all strong characters, <laughs> I have to say. Thank you. They, Thank they you, really yeah. are. They could stand on You could have a spinoff of each one. I mean, they're, they're really strong. Um, which brings me to another question. You surrounded Jonah with a real strong support team. Mm-hmm. I mean, I say support team talking about, as you mentioned, the, the, his cousins, um, his aunt and his uncle, and also his godfather, Marcus, and also Marcus, Marcus and Omar mm-hmm. together. I mean, and then other friends. He, why did you feel the need to bring so many people into his circle at this time of need for him having gone through losing his parents and hmm I think one of the things that Jonah had to learn is he wasn't alone Mm. and at the very least he's not alone because his cousins and their best friend are willing to be there with them and have his back. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a very powerful thing. In fact, I believe that's one of the ending things that, that Jonah realized because his mom always told him that. Mm-hmm. You know, life is about the connections you make. And so Jonah realizes that he's not alone. He has made connections. By the end of the book, he has a friend. Mm-hmm. He's, he, he, you know, his cousins are there with him. And, and again, that's part of that new understanding mm-hmm. for Jonah. And so I think that's one of the reasons why I put the, su- the immediate support of the young people because they're the group who mm-hmm. go through these novels. They're the mm-hmm. ones who, despite what the adults say, mm-hmm. they're gung-ho, they're going to do it, you know. Um, but I think having Marcus there was important because his parents knew he would need somebody to help him, mm-hmm. particularly understand the supernatural world. That's right. mm-hmm. and. In the early reads, it was really good, interesting that people got 
frustrated with Marcus because Marcus wouldn't tell him anything. <laughs> I was one of those. I, I was mm-hmm. waiting for that to happen. And there, it did. There, there's a reason for that, and, and mm-hmm. it comes out later in the series, but there's a reason for that. Mm-hmm. To me, it's a very, not giving anything away, but it's a very good, I believe, turning point in terms of understanding Marcus mm. later in the book. So that's why bits and pieces he'll mm-hmm. give Jonah a little yeah. bit about this or explain this mm-hmm. just enough mm-hmm. but there's still always something yeah. left to tell him. I mean and, and part of it is Marcus never planned on being responsible for a teenager. <laughs> that's true. That's right. And, and, and those, those situations I love writing those the most because Jonah frustrates him so much sometimes. <laughs> so he, he's really getting a crash course he's on how to be, cla- you yeah, know, he's as, getting as in a, a dad crash, role, Godfather. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and, and they and seem to get along, though, for the most Jonah, part. I think Jonah's, Jonah, later in, in, in the series, Jonah's comment to, to one of the other adults is, I understand him. <laughs> right. There you go. He, he gets it. He gets it. As Jonah began to to learn how to survive and to be empowered and to adjust to a new environment, he also began, he also sh- learned about himself and in terms of his whole sexuality, um, in terms of how to 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 deal with th- that in terms of the struggle that he was having and trying to uh, be who he really was. Um, and I think for a lot of young people, you know, that may be something that they may want to talk about or they may be confused or so. Can you speak to that before we close? Um, that's a that's a very heavy topic. <laughs> um, often, and you've seen it with the superhero movies and stories. Often, the "Can I tell people about my superpowers?" is a stand-in for other things, including a sexuality. Mm-hmm. And so, it's interesting for Jonah to actually have both of those. Issues. I believe in, in one of the books, and I, and I don't think the scene is in there anymore. Um, as, as you write, you, you, you write some things and then they fall by the wayside. One of his friends observed with Jonas, like, you know, you're basically like, you have the Superman problem. You know, you have all these powers, but then you have to decide if you can tell the people closest to you that you have these powers or if you have to be, you know, Clark Kent with them all the time. And so it is definitely a metaphor for, like you said, the, the, the sexuality um, for the characters. And so as Jonah learns to accept his supernatural side, he's also learning to accept that other side of him. And as I told somebody, the stories are the epic adventure. They are fantasy. That's what the story is about. Mm-hmm but the sexuality and the other things are just part of who he is. They are just simply part of who he is. The stories aren't about that. Um, I believe one time um, you, you had asked about the different types of novels when it comes to things like that, particularly for young people. Mm-hmm. Some are coming out mm-hmm. type of stories where that aspect of the story is the main thing. Mm-hmm. There are others where they are about the culture, the subculture. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know if you get so many, so much the YA literature that's about the subculture because it's a coming-of-age story, so a person's just discovering who they are. And then you have more of the uh, assimilation-type novels that, that fall within the category where this is just an aspect of the, of the character. It's explored a little, but that's not the main focus. And that's what the Jonah Blackstone books are about. What I'm saying by doing that is that's a part of who he is, and it becomes 
a slightly larger part because he's 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 a teenager. So you know, dating and puppy love and stuff like that is is part of it. But it's 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 not what the story is about. The story is a larger story that everybody can tap into, and that and so that's what I'm doing. And so Jonah is empowered. Um, he's not unsure mm-hmm. of his own sexuality. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's sure of it. The only question he has is, what do I tell my cousins? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and that discussion doesn't necessarily happen in this book, but it does come up as the series progresses. Thank you for, for shedding light on that. And, and again, I agree with you. It's not about that mm-hmm. so much in the story. I mean, and there's no sexuality, so to speak, mm-hmm. in the book. But it's just that, that the thought, I mean, mm-hmm. and the thought comes up. And, and so I thought it was brilliant um, mm-hmm. that that was included in the book. And because a lot of young people, I mean, they're not sure mm-hmm. who to go to. Well, how, how do you bring this topic up? Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought it was a nice way to introduce that. Um, again, Jonah Blackstone is my hero because he <laughs> is such a, such a, such a teenager yeah. um, who, who, who goes through a lot of adventures. And, and he comes out on the other side in, in a yeah. good way. So I, I say, well done. So where do we go next with Jonah Blackstone? After what, this book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you alluded to the second book, which I've read. The, the second loved. book is called The Seeker's Compass. Okay. And you discover who seekers are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because in the Jonah Blackstone world, as I said, I've mentioned reapers, but there are also seekers who are the counterparts of reapers, where reapers reap souls. The seekers are the bureaucrats that keep track of the souls. They keep the records Ah. in the afterworld. You have um, wraiths, which are disembodied human spirits who haven't moved on. Mm -hmm. You know, they haven't been reaped and moved on. They're kind of like stuck in this plane of existence. Um, You mentioned the Mm Grimhounds. Um, and there are, there are other things. There are different levels of, of, of human beings. There mm-hmm. are some who are just regular mortals. There are some who are magical. And in my realm, I don't have ma- wizards. I have mages. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have later on, well, in the first book, we mentioned memory charmers, but you really find out what they can do later in the series. Um, and then there's just various little gifts that human beings can have. Um, so the next book, um, which... We'll go to the editor early in 2015. It's Wonderful. called The Seeker's Compass. Wonderful. Wonderful. And the third one is called The Ark of Life. Okay. I haven't <laughs> read that one yet. You haven't read okay. that one yet? I'm looking forward to it, though. And then the fourth one is called The um, Destiny Medallion. Very nice. So, and then beyond that, I'm not sure. The, I, have, I have the first chapter of the, of the fifth book written. Um, and the tentative title is The Wraith King, but okay. I don't, I'm not sure if I'm going to stick with that or not. Okay. It's still wrong. <laughs> wonderful. Wonderful. I, like I said, I, I want to say, having read Harry Potter, having read so many other books, I am so happy to, to, to know Jonah Blackstone through your writing. Um, I really think the character, he's a strong character. I think that the whole series is going to do well. Um, just a lot of excitement, a lot of energy in the book, a lot of mystery in the book. Um, like I said earlier, it's a page turner. Mm. So I, I really think that Jonah Blackstone is going to be around for a long time, and I'm glad you brought him oh, to us. Fingers crossed. I'm glad you did. Yeah. <laughs> so I just want to say thank you, and, and thank you for letting me um, read. Yeah. Well, well and th- and thank you for reading it. And like I said, you, you're a professional. You deal with um, young people in the target group, so your feedback was really helpful. 
and um, particularly dealing, like you said, with the issues. Mm-hmm. Like I said, there are things of anti-bullying, acceptance, That's tolerance. Right. That's right. Um, and, it, and the whole issue of, of loss, you know, yeah. um, having lost his parents and going through yeah. all of that and, and, and some of the things that he goes through. Um, and, and I was hoping I got that right because, like mm-hmm. I said, I, fortunately I still have both of my parents, but to hear people who've lost one or both parents say that they, that they were really moved, it's like, okay, I think – Loss in a way can be a universal thing. It's just the particulars that are different. So mm-hmm. it kind of mm-hmm. worried. I've, I've had loss, but it kind of worried me. Would I be able to accurately depict his reaction to losing his parents? Mm-hmm. And and, uh, and and the reaction from people who've read it has been really encouraging. Mm-hmm. And so I, I appreciate all of all of that feedback. And, and I'm I'm just hoping that that the book will touch people i hope they do want to read the next adventure and i hope that i deliver <laughs> you know at the yeah, end yeah. i hope that end is like wow okay you just strap in you know you're going Getting under ready the for a ride <laughs> and it is a ride a good ride so john dar i want to say thank you and thank you for having me here yeah and anything else that you want to add before we close out well, the, the, the book is scheduled for a release date of October 31st. That's important. I thought That's that on would Halloween. Be a, yes, how, I thought that would be a, a, a cool tie-in. <laughs> I plan on having a, a launch party and book signing, which, of course, you're invited to. Well, thank you. Uh, um, you can check out excerpts um, on jonahblackstone.com as well as johndarbooks.com. Um, you can get an excerpt from the first chapter of the Jonah Blackstone book on both of those sites, as well as an excerpt from the first chapter of the second book. Mm-hmm. And also, if you're interested, I have another series called Omega Quest, and you can get an um, excerpt from the first book in that series. Um, and uh, I have one novella that's out right now, and that's that's a, that's a, that's a shorter series. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm currently working on the second novella in that series, getting that um, pulled together. Okay. John Dar, just one more question that's been in my mind as I read the book. Where does your imagination come from? I, I recently went to dinner with a friend. Mm-hmm. Well, I had one friend who asked me, did I have a, a, a weird or rough childhood? <laughs> it's like, no. My childhood was very boring okay. and normal. Hence, that's probably yes. why it's so exciting in books. Yes. No, go ahead. Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's, <laughs> but but I had a um, uh, I went to dinner with another um, a friend of mine, one who who was after, had to, who's read the first three books, the first drafts, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> his wife pointed out that you know some people tend to be novelists or they tend to be script writers because I you know I'm, I'm in the film and, and video and I, and I write scripts of my own and, and do my own films mm-hmm. and stuff. And and so my friend asked me, well, which do you prefer? And what it occurred to me was that I prefer telling the story. Mm. To me, the story is the heart. And right now, being able to just freely write all of the imaginative stuff um, that comes to me in book form right now, I think I love that because I can tell the stories. I've always told stories okay. from the time I was young. I've always imagined stories mm. in my mind. Um, where the ideas come from? <laughs> you don't, they come from around. They come from the universe. Uh, wow. th- th- there's one person who says that, you know, as artists, you're not thinking up anything. Mm. 
Mm. You're putting it down on the page as it comes to mm. you. So mm-hmm. the more you can open yourself up to that um, creative energy, and then you can channel it through your own experiences and stuff, so mm-hmm. you'll have your own style on it. And I, and I think that's true. I also think that, and I, I told somebody, I was like, aside from having a, a, a child, it seems to me that when you take something from nothing and, and create literal breathing characters, it's mm-hmm. like that's as close as you can get to being a god. Mm-hmm. Like I said, except for childbirth where you're actually producing another human being. In this case, you're, you're making something intangible, tangible, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you're touching other people's lives with it. Right. And so that creative process, is, to me, is a very awesome thing. So... <laughs> Where it comes from, I don't know. Mm-hmm. What what I hope I can do is is accurately get it all down mm-hmm. and and put it into a form that people that can touch people and take them on a journey. Because at the end of the day, I like story and I like to feel like I've been somewhere. Mm-hmm. I like people to feel like when they get to the end that they're saying goodbye to friends that they just spent however long with. You You've know. done that in this book, and well, I have felt you. that at the end of reading. Uh, book one, um, I connected with 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 all the characters and felt like I had new friends, you know. <laughs> and, and I and I worried for Jonah. I wanted him to be safe. I wanted all the things that you hope a reader would get. I got so yeah. so. I thank you for that. Okay. And uh, cool. again, Thanks. I look forward to reading the next book and the book after that. Cool. All right. Thank you, John Dar. Thank you. As we come to a close.